Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by the wonderful Regold. Hi, Ray. Hi, Stacey, and hello to all of our listeners. It's great to be with you. It's great to be here. And you know what? I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing you in person rather than just seeing you over a screen. And I'm really hoping that that's going to happen next year at the Dance Life Teacher Conference. But before the conference actually um, you know, gets underway and we start booking tickets and things, at the moment, your head and your mind and everything is completely in Seoul. Tell us about Seoul, the dancer experience. Seoul is a brand new experience for dancers, young dancers, uh, ages 9 to 12 is a group and 13 plus and the whole it's a conference so there'll be vendors at the colleges universities performing opportunities at theme parks um and that there'll be a section of it that's for parents as well so they're going to have their own conference and their own sessions amazing we're going to talk to the kids about college options but we're also going to, there's a main theme to this, and that is if you have a passion for dance, that you don't have to only choose this professional career track, because that causes so many young people to make the decision that when I'm 18, I'm done dancing, but they have a passion and they miss it. And many of them feel frustrated or land back and dance. So we want to show parents, kids, teachers, all of the avenues that a passion for dance uh, can take kids on so that they're successful adults. I love Um, that. This is a, a project that I am so excited to make happen. And it's happening the 27th to the 29th of July in 2022. And you can book tickets now. Teachers, get your uh, senior students together. Get your, you know, your intermediate students ready. So start talking to the parents about it. And head to regold.com backslash soul and all the information is there. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity to talk about that, Stacey. (laughs) I know you could talk about it all day. I tell you what, Ray, we're in a very different position this time this year than we were this time last year. And I know that you feel it, especially because everybody's seasons have kicked off and people are really starting to, to you know, thrive in the, in the opportunity to have students in their classroom, students in front of them, to not be on a screen, um, trying to communicate with their parents and with their teachers. What's different for you this time this year than this time last year? Uh, different for me on a personal level is more hope. I've seen us come back, not to our pre-COVID times, but our industry, especially here in the States, Canada is slowly doing this too. Kids are back in the classroom. Uh, we're cautiously optimistic, mm-hmm. um, but a year ago, I uh, seeing this time was very cloudy. Um, I also think that 
there's a new appreciation among teachers and the families in our school for what we do. Yes. Because those students who stuck with us through this pandemic and doing all of those Zoom classes with us that we didn't enjoy doing as much as some of the kids didn't enjoy doing, but did it anyway. Um, it's built uh, a more family and personal culture within many studios. Mm. And I want to, I want to see that last. Definitely. I know for me going to zoom was not, it was not really about the dance technique, which, you know, in the classroom, it's, it's always about the dance technique. It's always about, you know, getting stretched that back leg in your arabesque and, you know, making sure that you're in a straight line when you're practicing your troop routines. But for us getting on zoom was about connection and was about building that connection with the students and with the parents and the parents getting the opportunity to watch their child, you know, in their living room, going through the motions of their, of their dance class, I really feel like it was an opportunity for us to, to build that community, just, just like you said. It, it's funny. I love that you're using the word connection, though it's a simple word. If we really think about the last year and a half, it is the people who we built the connection with. We, we didn't make their technique that much better. We didn't get a kid to do three backflips because they couldn't do three backflips. But what we did do was connect with them on a deeper level through that Zoom class and through that, I don't know, saying we're in this together. And Another thing that happened that I hope we continue to do is there were so many classes where the teacher would, you know, end the class 10 minutes early just to hang out and talk to the kids. Yeah. And build this kind of community among them and with the teacher. Um, so there you go. It's that communication, that simple thing that I think is, uh, I don't know, one of, the, one of the most positive things that has come out of this. And that if we think as teachers and studio owners about that communication and how we communicate our passion for what we do and the kids we teach mm -hmm. and the career we chose can only help but make us more successful at what we do and have people who want to be under our roof because they want to be in our community. And nothing I just said had to do with technique. No, no. No, and we could apply this to any business. Yes, we pulled it off. Yes. But community is, I don't know, how do I want to say it? Community is the 2020s, you know, people need it. Yes. <laughs> the pandemic caused us to have to reflect on things that would might not have come to light had we not gone through what we've gone through and still will be going through. Yeah. That's what 
I, I say that, um, I'll give you a chance to talk, I promise. I say <laughs> that because <laughs> in July, and I'm an optimist to everybody who's listening, I thought we were turning a huge corner. Well, looking, like I watched the conference virtually and looking at the conference, it looked like you were turning a huge corner. Yes, 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 it felt like that. But each day as that it was right around the conference, that variant news came on. And you could see even at this event, People who weren't wearing masks on the first day were wearing masks on the second day. By the third day, they were more. By the fourth day, half of the people had their masks on. Mm. And so I look at this as not like we're still turning a corner. But I think we have to deal with this and learn to live with this and handle this in the right way. For a while, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of the right word, but for a while, I do. Yeah. And I didn't really think about that in the beginning. I really thought that, you know, a, a vaccine would come in maybe a week or two. <laughs> we'd all have it, you know, a week later and then we'd be back to business, <laughs> you know, six weeks later. Uh, but even even now, I, I completely agree. And there's a lot of talk on my side of the world, Ray, about what travel looks like in the future and and how we travel and, and what going on a plane looks like. And I said to my husband last night, isn't it crazy that we used to get inside this this box with all of these strangers and sit right next to them for, for 13 hours, 14 hours whilst we travelled to the other side of the world. And in this current climate, that seems – and I said, we, and we didn't wear masks and we didn't wipe the seats down and the tray tables and we just did it and we were okay. <laughs> now it seems no, crazy. Wait. We made fun of the people who were wiping down their seats and their tray tables, right? Absolutely. (laughs) All wearing a mask. And now it's just, hey, now they were the smartest people out there. I laugh about that. (laughs) Yes, it, it, it has changed dramatically. And you know what? We're going to have to adjust because it's going to be different. And that's the thing. Um, we're off topic on dance here, but here we go with life. We're never going back. No. I think I've said that in our podcast. We're never going back. But we can go forward smarter, better, and happier. Yes. And being grateful for the things that we took for granted before, don't you think, Ray? Like that, you know, getting on a plane and being able to go to the other side of the world, I thought I could do that any day of the week. And now I haven't been able to do it for a long time. And so when I finally do get to do it again, I'm going to be so much more grateful. I agree with that. I already see myself being uh, more grateful for things that didn't matter too much before the pandemic. I find myself like saying, oh, look, this is the first time I've done this in a year and a half. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. Yeah. But I'm still a person who's living cautiously. I I spoke to a, a person who had spoken to a doctor who is focused on COVID. 
And the person said to me, that doctor told her, and he was referring to her thinking about her business as don't plan more than two weeks out. We're not planning more than two weeks out. Wow. And that has stuck in my heard that, I don't know, last week. It's stuck in my mind. I think about it every day. Isn't that a better way? <laughs> yes, I want to plan. But as far as feeling like I got this in stone, I'm only going two weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. We've always been flexible, dance studio owners, but our flexibility is being tested. <laughs> Wait, you say that, but before the pandemic, our friend Terry Mangiarardi and all the teachers that I work with, I was helping them and Terry was helping them strategize two years in advance. We mm -hmm. had graphs and charts and <laughs> spreadsheets and let's know where we're, what our registration days are two years from now so we can plan a vacation. And now I look and think to myself, well, all of that, though it did and would help us to be more organized, is something we can't do right now. Mm. Not that we won't be able to do it in the future, but just right now, I don't know about that. And speaking right. of grateful, Re, I was lucky. Oh, we've just gone back into lockdown and, and so we've gone back to Zoom in my studio and my seven-year-old uh, was taking class with her teacher on Zoom and I was in the kitchen making dinner and her her teacher stopped um, the gorgeous Miss Ange, shout out to Miss Ange, um, who's one of my fabulous teachers she stopped the class 10 minutes before it finished and she brought the kids you know closer to the camera and then she went around the square and everybody had to come on and say what they were grateful for and I was in the kitchen like nearly sobbing just because it was it was that moment of connection and that moment of community that I would have missed as a parent and as a you know as her boss if I wasn't in the studio to take in that moment and I and I did say to her that those moments we can't just save for Zoom. Those moments need to become part of the new normal. They need to become those moments of building connection and reminding the kids how lucky we are to do what we do and to, to be able to dance and to be able to share our love of dance with each other. We need to maintain those throughout, you know, when we're back in the studio and, and, and into the future. And, and isn't it like a good feeling to have that kind of communication. Is it a good feeling for the person offering it and the person receiving it? Why not just make it a part of who we are and what our school stands for? Like it creates a happy culture. Yes, yeah. So why even hesitate? Know your people. You know, we talk about communicating with the kids, which I'm all for. Just look, it's looking at a group of kids and saying, so what's on your mind? Well, what do you feel about dance right now? We're halfway through the year. You're feeling successful. You're reaching your goals. Just talking to them. Yeah. But here's another thing that we should consider. Hanging out with the parents and saying, how are you feeling? Mm. How are you feeling about your kids' dance education? And be willing to, because some people, as you know, and I know, because we've been in this field a long time, will 
I don't know if this is the right word, but everybody will get it. Take advantage of us asking that question and maybe say something that hurts us, whether they mean it or not. But the bottom line is, do you think if you walked out into the lobby of your studio and you spent 10 minutes with a group of parents and maybe you heard one or two things that probably should make you think because if a parent said it maybe another parent is thinking it mm -hmm. or probably is but that they're going to get home and say to their significant other uh, get in the car with the kid and go I love that studio yeah and that has nothing to do with the teacher the dance with the kickball uh, change <laughs> no yeah, we had we did a great episode a couple of episodes back on feedback, Ray, and that 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 feedback element is really important. Being open and having the confidence to be able to say to parents, "How are you going?" And I think during the pandemic, when we when people were disconnected, there are a lot of studio owners that were reaching out to their families, you know, giving them a call. Hi, it's it's Miss Stacy calling from Port Macquarie Performing Arts. How are you going? Just checking in. I don't think that needs to stop either. So in the classroom and outside the classroom, I think that connection and that checking in with them as people, not necessarily just them as customers, can be really, really powerful. Yes, and shows that we appreciate them and shows that we appreciate their support of our business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know, you know, so many people love to complain about the problem parents and about the you know, the dance mum from hell. But at the end of the day, those are the people that pay our bills. Those are the people that turn the lights on in our studio. And so we have to build relationship with those people and, and hear, you know, hear them out when they've got something to say. And that's hard. It is. It is. But think of it this way. Forget it's a mom who maybe is questioning why you do a recital and think of it as a relative of yours or somebody you love dearly asking you a stupid question and you so nicely answer the question because you know where they're coming from which is no knowledge about what you are up to mm. and appreciate that that stupid question or that you perceive as a stupid question is not stupid to the person and you could give us a respectful answer and she's just going to appreciate that so much. Yeah. And I always say this, let's say, uh, when can my child go on point? Okay. Oh. Cause that it's less, <laughs> it's, it's less now, but at one time that was like every studio owner had to deal with that. Yeah. I look at it as I am going to give her the answer that I know is the right answer. And I'm grateful that she asked me a question that I have a good answer for. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, that's it. You're a pro. You've answered that. Uh, say, look at them and go, now that's a question that I can answer for you. Yeah. That's a question I've been answering for 20 years. Here we yes, go. <laughs> I'm glad you asked the question rather than, I wouldn't say this to the parent, thought, well, the parent thought maybe she doesn't like my kid. Why isn't my kid on point? But yeah. in reality, your kid's not ready. And had she not asked 
that stupid question. She might not be back in September because she thinks you don't like a kid. Yeah. Which you think is outrageous. But you've never communicated because you've never had the opportunity. Yeah. And when people, you know, people are not sometimes not open to those conversations because as studio owners, because they don't want them somebody to say something hurtful and and something that, you know, will upset them. But I was given a really beautiful definition when this happened to me. A, a, a parent came at me and just she'd had a bad day and I completely copped it. And the the analogy was that she um, the person I was talking to said, "Oh, she threw she threw you her hurt ball," and she described it as you know a a a ball just like you would play games in the field with that was you know red and fiery and raging and it was all her rage from the day and she had walked into my studio and thrown it at me and I was like, yes, that's what it felt like. It felt like I got hit by. <laughs> Hit by the hurt ball, and she and my friend said, "Okay, so what did you do with it? Did you throw it back at her? Mm. Because often we want to throw it back, right? We get that hurtful, we get that, um, you know, that feedback that hurts us and that we take offence to. Um, because I always say when you when you criticise my business, it's like you're calling my baby ugly. <laughs> you get that same feeling of how dare you." <laughs> Okay, you know what? That makes me understand it a little better. Yeah, often maybe they're throwing the hurt ball at you that has nothing to do with you and you then have to choose whether you put it on the floor and bury it and walk, step over it and keep moving or whether you're going to throw it back at them. And so often we get into, as studio owners, we get into the emotion and we want to throw that back and we want to, you know, make a statement and, and, and make a big deal of it. But I've I've been really working on learning to put that hurt ball down and step over it and continue moving forward. <laughs> it, it's it's funny because throwing the hurt ball back in the long excuse my language long ass run is going to build this situation into something bigger than it needs to be. Yes. And if we could stop and listen to the comment instead of missing the comment or any validity in it, if we could stop and listen and look at the person and say, obviously you're upset mm-hmm. and you've caught me off guard. So give me a little while to think about this. Thanks for bringing that up to me. Even if you're burning on the inside, isn't that going to take this little flame and keep it at least really small rather than turning into this fire? Yeah. And like like you said, maybe the next day the mom is going to call you up and go, you know what? I had an argument with my son in the car on the way to the studio and I think that's where all that came from. And yeah. I'm really sorry. But had you gone back with the hurt ball, mm-hmm. she would never have come to that conclusion because... Now you're the bad guy. Yeah, that's it too. 
let them be the bad guy. I like the way you put that, okay? You could give them back everything they give you. Or you can just let them be that bad person who said, I'm really sorry you feel that way. Mm -hmm. That was never my intention. Is there anything I could do to fix this? Or do you want to hang out and talk when you're not so stressed about this? Yeah. boom Yeah. Put that ball down, step over it, moving forward. And want to know what I believe as I think about this? I wasn't thinking it when I said it is. Usually 50% of the time, that next conversation doesn't even really have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But had there been this big blowout, I love the hurt ball. Had the hurt ball got passed back and forth, everybody who overheard it would be talking about it. Yep. The kid would be stressing out over it. Other teachers will stress out over it or make a judgment about the parent or the other person who got thrown the hurt ball. So why not just go, I'm not doing this tonight. Yeah, I love that thought about, you know, you've really caught me off guard. Do you mind if I take some time to think about this? Mm. Two really powerful sentences to use in your studio. Gives you breathing space, gives them breathing space. People are. You know, we talk. Go ahead. I I was. I was just going to say, people are often too afraid to do that because they don't want to, you know, escalate it or they don't want to make it longer. They don't have to go home and sleep on it. But often that's, that's really valuable. And if we're in a culture or we've created a culture in our studio that is about joy and acceptance and all of those other great things and uh, characteristics to have in your environment for young people. It's no place to have this, this argument, mm. but this, this, it doesn't fit. Yeah. It doesn't fit that you're going to react that way. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Definitely not aligned to your values. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm laughing about it because it doesn't mean, because I'm guilty as we're talking about this in my lifetime of making this mistake, but it doesn't mean that you don't feel hurt or that it's not okay to be upset by that comment. Yeah. It means that you're a professional and nobody's going to know that about you. Mm. And this AH person who approached you, I hope everybody knows what my abbreviation was there. <laughs> I don't like to. What she said to you is her problem. Yes. Yeah. Her issue. Mm. And feel sorry for her and feel sorry for the child because the child's going to get it when she gets in the car. <laughs> All the more reason, therefore, you must be the good leader, mentor, yes. teacher at all times. See this? We brought that full circle. We did. We did. And so I think moving into this new season, that connection, that community, that being a leader, being a mentor, being a teacher hasn't really changed from previous seasons. 
but that it's amplified now. We have the opportunity to amplify it, to amplify that connection, to be more connected to our parents and teachers, to be more connected to the students that we have in the classroom and to help them be more connected to each other because that builds loyalty and that builds teamwork and people who feel that within your studio are going to want to stay with you for a long time. Agreed. And for our faculty to, as the leader, as the owner, to express those values to your faculty and consistently remind them not of what a great teacher they are, but what a great mentor they are or a leader that they are and encourage that behavior. Like we often will walk into a classroom mid-year when someone's working on a piece of choreography and say to them, wow, you're an artist, you're a genius, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that if we walked by the classroom door and saw our teacher sitting on the floor, I don't know, talking and hanging out with the kids, inspiring them, that we'd walk up to them afterwards and say, wow, that was really wonderful that you hung out with those kids. So therefore, if we don't recognize those things, but we recognize that great piece of choreography, that's what's going to be important to us. Yep. Yeah. So as the owner leader, you can't just say these things. You have to, it's like when somebody does what you want, you have to say, that's what I was talking about. That was beautiful. Yeah, that recognition. And that'll change even the definition of success for our faculty. Is our success for our faculty that the kids just don't want to leave when it's over? Or is our success this great piece of choreography that eight parents don't even know is great mm. or appreciate that is great. Yep. You've given me what lots else? of things for my to-do list today, Reek. I'm going to go and show some appreciation to my team and also build some connection with my friends and family. Let's do it. Let's all, everybody listening and our dance community, even beyond this podcast, my my dream is to see us all come together and really appreciate that dance is this gift and soul thing and that every kid or adult or anybody who has the chance to take a dance class or learn to dance is benefiting in a way that will make them a better person and give them a chance to to meld with the music and the movement. And it doesn't have to be big movement. It doesn't have to be pirouettes. You can watch an adult tap dancer who didn't begin till they were 40 years old and be as moved by them, if not more moved than the girl who does 18 pirouettes. Mm -hmm. And that would not necessarily always be in our eyes. Ooh, because we're dancers and we're looking for that quality. But in the eyes of most of the audience who are viewing the performance, 
they don't know the difference, but they know that they feel something from that 46 year old, more like a beginner tap dancer that they're not feeling from this technically proficient dancer. So therefore they applaud more for the 40 year old. Absolutely. You said soul ring. It comes back to Seoul and this episode has been brought to you by the Seoul Dancer Conference, which is happening on July 27th to 29th, 2022. Teachers, you can get your students booked and all set to go now, if you like. Just go to regold.com slash Seoul. We'd love to see you there. And to all of our listeners, I say enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 